Attention, radio listeners. Ooh, Thomas, get out of town. Wow. Let me have your attention for a moment. Goodness, is that a message? Oh, mommy, please, get me out of this game. You aren't paying any attention. Interesting move here, Bill. Shays came into the basketball game. Jim Beheim has inserted Shays into the game. Big guy inside. Maybe to help eliminate that second or third shot. Well, people in Central New York claim that uh, Roosevelt Bowie... It's the best center Syracuse University has ever had. Your attention, please. This is Centers of Attention. Welcome into hour number two of Centers of Attention. I am Paulie Sibilia along with Roosevelt Bowie and Atan Thomas today. Good morning, gentlemen. And uh, Friday's show ended with us proclaiming free Jesse and... He uh, he played a lot of minutes down the stretch against Wake Forest, and yeah. you guys, what, what is? Uh, we might as well get right into it because you guys are going to gloat that you were right the whole time. Uh, so, so what is your takeaway from Jesse's play against Wake Forest? Roosevelt. Well, uh, this is the thing. Uh, you know, we've been talking on and off. You know, his first minutes, he came out there, he was kind of shocked. Then he came out again got more minutes he does some positive things he's he's got quick feet um sometimes for centers it's, it's really tough because you end up there's so many things that you have to think about going on at the same time so finally you have to just identify something that you can focus on and he came out and what i really liked was he he attacked the man trying to go to the basketball high post he would step up they never didn't get any calls on it but he plugged that middle created some turnovers he's got quick hands long arms and I'm not even going to – we'll talk about that last play at the end, but uh, being on the floor, we always talked about him trying to find uh, – we always said when he when he finds a, a moment to get out there and do something positive, then the light comes on, and then he's going to – and he can start growing from there. And I, I completely agree. I think that you have to have time in order to be able to get a rhythm. And I think that he's shown where he can contribute – uh, consistently, I think. I think that I think this should be the start of something new. I think he should get consistent minutes, you know, going down the stretch. Because I, you know, I want the big men to play physical. You know, I want it to be where you don't give up layups. I don't mind the fouls. You know, I want them to be good fouls. I don't want bad fouls. But you don't give up any wide open dunks or get up any layups. So you got to send the message. So in order to do that, you have to play more than one or two big men. And I still, I'm gonna keep saying it. I don't like Dolan's at the five. I love him at the four, but I don't like him at the five but I think that you need another big man to go out there and clog up the middle and to be able to have a post presence you know you know be able to challenge jump shots to get some rebounds and score inside you need that and I don't want our big men playing where they're trying not to get fouls you know what I mean so they don't so they can stay in the game that's definitely not what I want so I think we should see a lot more of Jesse Edwards as the season continues I I am coming around on Jesse and I'm not going to claim that I know whether or not he's ready to be in a game or not but when I look at Quincy and Barama and Marek, their fouling has been an issue all all year long. And now I'm coming around to the fact that instead of crowbarring a guy in with, with four minutes left in a game in a crunch time, getting mm-hmm. him some minutes in the first half may, may spare the foul issues and it, it puts the guys that you think are ready on the court at the end of the game if, if you're going to save fouls with him. You know, my, my whole thing with uh, my whole thing with that uh, with, with guys getting on the court and playing is, you know, Coach Beheim is going to you've got to first you got to keep you got to put your work in during practice. You get that work in during practice, and then eventually he's going to see a situation where he puts you in the game, 
And I was very, it was very interesting to hear him talk about Jesse's minutes because at first he, you know, he was talking uh, like the first few times he was out there and everybody was like, free Jesse. He seemed like he, you know, he didn't have a, you know, a good feeling about it. But then this, this last game, he said, listen, these guys came into the game and the guys that won the game were guys that never played. This goes to show you that it creates opportunities. See, basketball is about creating opportunities for you to shine. And it's up mm-hmm. to the player to step up and do that. And, and I think once you've proven yourself to Coach Beheim, I think that he will reward you with more minutes. Um, you know, I, I think sometimes you have a very short rope to be able to prove yourself, and it's a t- that's the tough position to be in. Roosevelt, you don't know what that's like. I know what that was like. You know, and you and you have to be able to be productive in a very short amount of minutes. So if you're only going to get two minutes, you have to do something well in those two minutes in order to be able to get four minutes the next time. And I think that Jesse Edwards has proven and shown that he he should be able to get consistent minutes. And to your point, Paulie, um, I think incorporating him into the rotation early will save some of the big men fouls, and it won't throw him because that's a tough situation to be. Right. I mean, they both did very well. You know, Goodine and 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 Jesse, you know, did com- well. But that's a very tough um, situation to be put in. You haven't played in you know I don't know how long, and then to be thrown in there in a very crucial part at the end of the game after not playing the entire game, that's tough. But that's also a credit to their work ethic, the way that they have been keeping themselves ready, both mentally and physically, and a credit to a lot of the assistant coaches. I remember when I was on the bench like that, and and uh, Coach Orr kept me ready, kept me prepared. You know, we did extra work afterwards. You know, we had nighttime workouts where nobody else was around, and just to keep, because he kept saying, you never know when your name is going to be called, and you have to be ready. So it's really, it's really a... Um, a great thing to show all players all around the country, you know, because everybody's watching. And they kept saying on the, on the, on the, um, you know, during the game that Gnine has not played at all in, in any ACC games this entire season, but then he was ready and he made the game winning basket. So, I mean, it was that, that's just, that's, that's the perfect um, display to show all young players all across the country. Let me ask you a time because you, you did it. What is it like on the bench for you as a freshman? when that that is going on you can see the fouls mounting and you're like i'm gonna get in this game you know what's that like <laughs> as a player I mean, you know, you get all the butterflies, you get all the jitters, because a lot of people don't understand how tough it is to come to a game not knowing if you're going to be utilized a lot, but just having to stay ready. And it's like the emotional letdown. So you're sitting there, you're ready, you're paying attention to everything like that, and you see a part of the game where you could, in your mind, where you could help, but then your name isn't called. So there's kind of an emotional letdown. But then you still want to stay into it in the game and be happy for your teammates and not look like you have an attitude over there on the bench. So you <laughs> so you try to do extra. Like, good job. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? You're trying to do extra, but you're really like, man, could I please get in this game? I can go in here and help. You know, but really, it, it, and that's where you have to have strong assistant coaches where keep you that keep the players mentally and in, in, into everything because it's tough. It's a tough – people don't understand how tough that really is, but that's a tough position to be in. Paulie, Paulie, I got, I got, I got something I want to add to that. Um, we play, when I played in Europe on the championship team, we had a great group of guys. They really communicated well together. And there was one, uh, one gentleman, Andrea Ginola. He came off the bench. He was a six-two shooting guard, but he he started out playing center. So he just he was tall. So he would he was at number two that would rebound like a big guy. But the, 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 what I wanted to tell you is this: he would come into the game as soon as he walked into the game. He would walk over to me put his hands on my chest and he and he'd say to me 
Okay, keep your eye on me all the time when I pull up for my jump shot because at the last second when everybody turns around, I'm going to give it to you, you dunk. And he said, you score, I play. You miss it, I'm out. <laughs> so so at, at, at that point, I don't care if he threw that ball through there, if I had to throw nine people on the floor, I was going to catch that ball and I was going to score and let the referees figure it out. So I, from that point of view, every time he walked into the game, whether it was early, late, He'd walk out there, and he'd walk right over to me, and he'd put his hands on my chest, and he said, okay, keep your eyes on me, because if you score, I play. If you miss it, I come out. <laughs> let, let, me, let me ask you guys something. Let me ask you guys something. You think Coach Bayheim listens to the show? Because he mentioned Free Jesse a little bit. Did you hear him mention it? He mentioned it. I was like, oh, wait a minute. Coach Bayheim might be listening to us because we've been saying Free Jesse for a long time and using that phrase in particular. I, I think he's listening. Uh, <laughs> all right, we got to take a quick timeout uh, later on in the show. Byron Mouton, former University of Maryland player, will join us. Next, Chris Carrilla from Syracuse Memes, a, a fun follow on Twitter and Facebook. We'll talk to him uh, about the game and and the technical foul on Marek. Coming up next on ESPN Syracuse and Q Sports Talk on Twitch. On Twitch, Q Sports Talk. And on the radio, ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. This is Centers of Attention. Our number two of Centers of Attention brought to you by Joe Bowers Farmers Insurance in North Syracuse. It's Paulie along with Aton and Rosie today. And on the line, one of the fun follows on Twitter. I follow him. I think all three of us follow him. Syracuse memes. Uh, my favorite thing is their avatar changes after every game with whoever played well or if something went wrong, the avatar changes. And we've got the founder of that site, Chris Carrilla, on with us today. Chris, welcome in. Hi, Paulie. Thanks for having me. Love the show. Hey, what's going on, Chris? This is a ton. Hey, I wanted to, um, for you to tell, we all follow you, but I want you to tell everybody uh, what you do at, at uh, Syracuse Memes and what, what, how you got started. Like, what made well, you want to start it in the first place? All right, well, I am Syracuse Memes. There's nobody else besides me. Um, I started it because no, okay. uh, we're, we're blessed to have one of the, not only the greatest college coaches in, in, in history, we've got one of the most expressive coaches in college history. Lots of you know pictures of uh, of Jim out there, which you can you know I can make into memes and so on. Wise started doing that back 2013 uh, on my own Facebook, and they're doing pretty well. Wise, so I decided, hey, I'll start my own my own page for Syracuse memes and Jim Bayheim memes. Uh, it was February 23, 2013. That was a day in history because we lost to Georgetown by by a bunch in the dome, and then went on the three game losing streak in the last four or five. So I didn't know if I was gonna keep it up or not because it might have been a bad bad luck type thing for the program uh but i kept up with it it's been going on seven years now and about in about two weeks and uh, i love doing it love being a fan i was checking you out yesterday chris and one of your uh tweets was uh you think syracuse social media is rough you should check out washington right now is mike hopkins getting it in on the internet <laughs> He is, he is. There's a lot of calls for his head right now, flooring wise. Coach of the, you know, coach of your two years in a row there, and now they want his head, kind of like happens to us. We lose three games in a row. It's the same thing here. You know, it's a, uh, it's tough with social media wise. I don't know how people can put up with it wise that are actually, you know, part of the actual sports in general wise, like athletes that in general I couldn't do it. And all Eton, if you could do this back when you were playing and actually in uh, college or not, but I couldn't do it. <laughs> oh no no! I, I always say I wouldn't have social media. I'm too I'm too sensitive. I'll be honest with you. You know mm -hmm. I, mean, I wouldn't want it at all. But go ahead, Rosie, your turn. Hey, listen. <laughs> it, it, the, the funny thing about it, Chris, is that you're absolutely right. 
I abs I did not have any contact with any newspaper, any magazine. I didn't read them. I had a friend of mine that called me and said, "Hey, I collected every article that I was in and put it in a mm -hmm. package, and I read them when I went when I was in uh, when I was in Italy after I retired. I stayed in <laughs> three years. I took my little packet and I sat down every evening by the fire, and I would read it. And I was like, man, I was good." But you can't. <laughs> but you can't. You can't look at those things because what will happen is, instead of going out to the corner to block the shot, you'll say, "I'm Roosevelt Bowie. I'm a shot blocker. I can project." <laughs> and you don't yeah. go out there. So then you start getting scored on. So I had to keep my head down. I was like, "Gotta work. Gotta work. Gotta work." So, I, hey, you, the, the thing about it is, you gotta understand that everybody that talks about you is not your friend. And I'm a little bit too. I'm a delicate flower. I can't. I can't take that stuff. So I'm just like you, Todd. You know, we, and we got that mentality. Of being from the post is either on my team or you're not on my team. If you're on my team, I'll do everything for you. If you're not on my team, it might be best if you go someplace else. Yeah, I, I thought it'd be funny if you if, if you did like a certain live skit where you had some some athlete follow a guy around a normal job and just tweeted him all day what he's doing wrong. I could be hilarious uh, because if, he, if it, you know turn turn, the, turn it around on them, it'd be pretty funny. Some of these guys on Twitter are hilarious with their their armchair coaching and so on. But oh, yeah, yeah <laughs> definitely. Chris, Chris, I wanted to ask you. Um, so one of the things that you tweet about, one of the things we talked about, is the technical foul in the game. Mm -hmm. um, and I wanted to get your opinion on it. We haven't even talked about it yet, so weigh in on it. What did you see? What are your thoughts? And um, you know, just lay it all out there. Well, that was, I mean, I've been to a lot of games in the Dome in the last, you know, last 10 years, so that was one of the loudest crowds ever, mainly because of the refs. And the refs were, I mean, the one hook and hold foul on Merrick was warranted, uh, but Buddy getting hip-checked out of bounds and not getting an actual uh, uh, intentional on that wise was bad. And I've never seen them move cops behind the ref table so fast that they did the other night wise. It was amazing. Uh, that was before uh, he, had, he had the actual, the, the, the controversial a foul that got Merrick out of the game. So it was it was pretty tense. I was right behind the actual uh, ref's table there, and there was like five, six cops sitting there with chairs right behind it after after the first uh, hook and hold foul there he had. Uh -huh. So it was definitely pretty tight. It was a definitely amazing atmosphere after it happened because the crowd really got into it then because they were it was, it was us against the world and the refs. So, but it was an amazing crowd uh, presence. I was real proud of the crowd being that loud. I mean, they would be right to be that loud with the refs being that bad, but. It was definitely not an actual. If you see the replay, I mean, I don't know why you would have gave him a tentacle after pointing to the board, but that's just you know that's a refs himself. Wise, you know better than I do. <laughs> I uh, I will say that was the most. It was almost as if it was choreographed. The best "You suck" chant I've ever heard it in was. the dome. It was <laughs> very impressive. I gotta say, Syracuse fans, very impressive. Now, now, <laughs> Rosie and Aton. I thought the the call was horrible on the out of bounds. No question about it. But I thought the technical was warranted. Uh, what was your guys' takeaway from that? Because he showed up the ref right in front of, you know, the 20-some-odd thousand people that were there. Roosevelt? Well, uh, this is the deal. Uh, it's not a personality contest. The referee got showed up. If you do something stupid, you don't you don't make it any better by calling calling technical foul. It was quite obvious. Now, looking at it from Merrick's position, you go out, you get the ball, you look down, you know that you're inbounds, and number number one, you just bounced off the floor, so you got a little pain going through there, and and you have this guy standing over there and says, "Oh, you're out of bounds," and he looks down there and see it, so I can understand the reaction. Now, the t where technicals come in, it goes by your personality. I never said anything to referees. 
what once I stomped my foot after a foul and I got a technical and he said to me like listen it's 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 you never do anything and if you stomp your foot it's like somebody cursing us out because by you being so stoic that's what happens but it is I have such strong feelings about a referee making a mistake because back back in our day we had a referee Dick Slomkowski he would make before he made, like, I would come into the game and I was like wired for bear. I, I, I would be just trying to run everybody over, and he would walk over and table me go, "Can I get a timeout?" He said, "My timeout," and he'd bring me over with the other guy and says, "He said, listen, you two cowboys can either slow down, calm down, or I'll give you both two fouls and you'd be sitting on the sidelines. What do you want to do?" <laughs> end of the timeout. <laughs> he ended the timeout, and from that point on, I was, I was at, I was at that edge, you know. But he would call, he didn't take the you make a mistake, and if you, if you make that mistake, you help the guy up. He goes, yeah, my bad. I get you, you know, I'll get you on the next one. You don't right. compound it. You don't compound it by giving a technical and actually showing how immature you are. Okay, that's a good point, Chris. Chris, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I played sports, obviously not any on a collegiate or professional level wise, but I've refed like for you know like hockey and so on wise, and it's it's it, well for my hockey ref, you want to not make your your choice not actually make the you know affect the game wise, and uh, a lot of refs have some seem to have a little more pride in, in you know, like TV Teddy and so on, Dead Valentine, they like to show off wise, and I'm not, I've never really dealt with Armstrong as much, but he seemed to be like he was the, the crowd was getting to him wise where he wanted to kind of actually, you know, kind of react back to what we're doing to him with that last one. Uh, but it was, I mean, I've talked back to refs too when I played high school and I probably should have gotten, you know, penalty sport and so on too, but it is what it is wise. But I mean, a ref shouldn't really make, make the game, you know, his more or less over us. That was my problem with the game was that wise. And we might not have won if he didn't do that, so who knows. But overall wise, it worked out well. <laughs> so, so this is my take on it, and it depends on who I'm speaking to. Um, mm-hmm. I coach my son's AAU team. I always say, shout out, FBCG Dynamic Disciples. And my, my um, instructions to them is to not say anything to the refs ever. And if you say anything to the ref, you're coming out the game. That's my flat-out instructions because it's a waste of energy. They're not going to change the call. They're not going to admit their mistake. And the refs are the most sensitive people on the earth. So if they get embarrassed, yes, they're going to try to do something over because they just got embarrassed. You're not going to win. So if you know that you're going into a situation that you're not going to win, why even approach the situation at all? So my, my position is don't say anything to the refs at all. Now, th- does does Dojai have a point in everything that he said? Yes. He had an absolute point he was not out it was a bad call but was the ref going to change the call because he made because he showed him that he made a mistake no so i'd have to you know say that it was kind of a waste of energy waste of time that's where you just have to have and it's tough to have but you have to have that self-control where you know what i mean it's a bad call okay cool i'm gonna keep going You know, one of the one of the things that I found out that works even more in my you know after I started playing a few years is uh, referees are so ready for you to walk over to them and go like, "Oh, ref, did you see that?" And and they're already on the defensive. So the the first thing that I would do when I got called when I would do something they called me for a fault that I thought was incorrect, I would or I would do something or a guy would do something really really hard foul real physical with me and, and there's no call, I would I would I'd run over to them and I and I'd look at them and I'd go, "Can I do that too?" And I'd go, yeah. And the guy would come down the floor the next play, and I could clothesline him, and he'd just look at him, tell him to get up. And I was like, yes. Yeah, so it's you, all in your approach. 
it's, it's all, all in your about, approach. Like I yep. listen, I saw I saw Rasheed Wallace get a technical for rolling his eyes. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, no, literally, I saw it. I was like, wow, he rolled his eyes and got a tech. So it's all it's all in the approach. Once you get a um, – and, you know, sometimes NBA refs, guys talk to them a lot. You know what I mean? We will say that. But, Chris, before we before we let you go, I want to let you – I want to ask you real quick. Um, mm-hmm. Deion Waiters, um, he was traded from Miami. Um, he was waived by Memphis. And now the rumor is that, you know, the Lakers are, are possibly going to look at him as, as a possibility. Your thoughts? Uh, I love Dion. Uh, if I put him on my team, wise for if, if he, if you know more or less, he definitely can probably put up twenty points in twenty minutes for you. He's going to play a full forty. It just uh, if, is, does the team love Dion as much as Dion loves Dion? That's the problem. Um, he's obviously even here wise, he had problems when it came down off the bench. Even though he got drafted first right off the bench, it's the thing where he's got to buy into the system. If he buys into the system, if LeBron can kind of get him to buy into it. He can help any team in the NBA wise, if the thing wise, because he can score points, you know, and that's again, he can shoot too. So I, I put him on my team if you can get him to buy in the system and get him to be a team player. I love him, though, in general, because he's Eon, but <laughs> I can definitely help the team out. Hey, Chris, before we let you go, uh, tell everybody where they can find you on social media. Uh, it's Qs Memes, at Qs Memes on Twitter. If you uh, Google Lucas Memes, the only person who does it is me uh, under Google Wise, so you'll see it on there wise. I have no life, so I just do that. You're a fun follow, so thanks for what you're doing. We're going to keep thanks, following guys, you. Great show. Retweeting your stuff is great. Mm-hmm. Thank thanks. You. That's Chris Carrilla from uh, Syracuse Memes. Guys, we'll, we'll take a quick break. Uh, Byron Mouton from uh, Maryland will be on next. He's uh, going to chat up with Atan, and we will uh, also hit more of the Syracuse Wake Forest game coming up next on Centers of Attention, brought to you by Fusillo Automotive on Syracuse on Q Sports Talk on Twitch and Come ESPN on, Radio Syracuse. I'll get better at this eventually. <laughs> on Twitch, Q Sports Talk and on the radio, ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. This is Centers of Attention. Welcome back to hour number two of Centers of Attention. Uh, thanks to everybody that registered for our Valentine's Crunch Party. We will uh, announce that today on Brent Axe's show. Uh, guys, a Wake Forest game is over. We, we've talked about Jesse getting in and playing great. Uh, let's talk about Bryson Goodine and what happened there. That last play, uh, we, we could break it down. Play point by point, if you'd like, and w- which I would probably like to do. Uh, what did you think of the initial shot at the end, the three-pointer by Elijah? Was that? Do you think that was what Coach called at that situation? I, I hope not. <laughs> I, I hope that's not what they drew up. You know what I mean? And that's one of the things about Elijah Hughes. I mean, he's he's the number one, going back and forth between number one and number two scorer in the ACC. But sometimes he settles. And I think that was a settling shot, in, in my personal opinion. But it was great that Godine was there, you know, got the put back, you know, the game winning. That was a great story. And it was great the way – I mean, the, the the commentators kept saying it. He hasn't played in ACC games at all this season. And that's really a testament to him staying ready, to him being prepared for when his name call, was called. And that's what you have to do when you're in that um, situation and you're not getting consistent playing time. It, actually, uh, Tommy, our producer, just hooked me up with this really quickly. Uh, before you go, Rosie, here is what Coach Beheim said about Elijah's final shot. So we're all going to hear this together for the first time. I wish Elijah at the end, he should have driven the ball. You know, we we don't want to get into overtime, and you got to drive it and hope they get a foul call. 
uh, settling for a three there is not a good play. There you go. Uh, Rosie, your thoughts. I, I agree 100% <laughs> with everything Coach Bayheim just said. <laughs> Yeah, you know the the, the thing about um, you know the thing about Elijah Hughes. Elijah Hughes is a pimp in the box. He he is a scorer. He's he is, a what? <laughs> wait, wait, what was that? What was that? He's a, he's a, what you I gotta Google that. I don't know <laughs> if I want to Google he, he's it. A, he's a, he, he's a pimp in the box. He's the guy that pimp hey, in the box. The, if the ball goes to, the, 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 the ball goes through him. If the ball goes through him, he's supposed to uh, you know he's got the option. To do what he does, you know, uh, um, you know, Coach Beheim can draw something up, but in the, uh, uh, you know, he is the scorer. He's the the man on the team. He took that shot. It, now you'd have to. What I look at is, if I was on the floor playing in the post, would I have been surprised at him taking that shot? No, he's he's our shooter. So I'd, that would have been in part of my setup, trying to get in position to get a rebound, trying to trying to do whatever I could do to to get us to get a second shot. Um, I don't know what the what the coach called, but you know, a lot of times you, there's not enough time to to figure all that out. So I always look at what what can I do to get myself ready for what's gonna gonna happen. It, but I if he took that shot, what I went like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he took the shot. And no matter no matter what the play was drawn up, that's what you want to do. But other things can happen when when guys step up and want to do something. So I, you you got to be ready for those things that happen. Roosevelt, Roosevelt, wait, Roosevelt, I got to respectfully disagree with you on this one. Okay. I think in that type of a situation, you know, you want to, you don't want to try to go for the, in that situation, and we talk about this all the time with Elijah Hughes, nobody can stop him when he drives. I, I mean, yes, the game yeah. award to take the game winning shot, you know what I mean? Have the, the MJ like against Utah, you know, polls at the end and stuff like that. That's great. But if it doesn't work, you know what I mean? You have to rely because what if, if Gennady doesn't get that rebound, then it's just a missed shot. I would rather have seen him um, go to the hole hard and force them to foul you. Yep. Either you get fouled or you get the and one. You know what I mean? And you go to the line. I w- I don't want a jump shot at the end. But the, but the thing is, I'm not disagreeing with you. I, I I agree with you. What I'm saying is, I'm not worried about all of what's going on. I'm worried about. The next step, you know, as a center, you got to be a, you got to be a chess player, not a checker player. So All when right. he got the ball and you see the ball not going, what, him doing what he's supposed to, you don't have the chance mm-hmm. to go. Oh man, you're not doing the right thing. You've got to go to the next step. And as and as uh, Jesse Edwards did, he got he went to the pack. He couldn't get the he couldn't get the rebound, but he right. got a hand on it. He tips yep. it and Goodine gets it. I can't tell you. I played with Rudy Hackett. And I averaged uh, 18 points a game, and probably eight of them came from Rudy doing the same thing that, that Jesse did. He would go into a crowd where he had no chance of getting a rebound. I'm on the opposite side of the basket. He'd tip it over. Everybody turned around, and they're looking at my hind end go past him dunking. You know, it's mm. about being prepared for the next step going on. I agree with you. Nobody can stop him when he goes to the basket. But we don't have that luxury as a center. We, we've got to... Keep thinking ahead. The next thing we've got to do to try to get another shot, if that doesn't work. I agree that I, I, I like him putting the ball on the floor. He's a horse. Here, here's another question for you. As a freshman in Bryson's situation, you know that's a layup to a Division One basketball player. That's a no-brainer. But what's that got to be like for him? That ball falls into his hands off of Jesse, and he puts it back up and in. What's that say about his composure as a kid who, who rarely played this year? 
I mean, he was ready. I mean, he was following the flight of the ball. He moved his feet. Um, he was in the right position because he moved his feet. I mean, I think he did everything textbook. And that shows that that's a testament to him because he was ready. You know, I mean, even if he said, okay, um, Elijah, Elijah Hughes may try to take a jump shot when he really should drive. So let me start getting him to position early. You know what I mean? And that's a testament to him. He's over there. He's over there studying while he's on, on the bench. I thought it was great. The, the, you know, the, okay. what I loved, loved, loved to hear, Polly, is this. When the, when, they, when the announcers were saying, he hasn't played a minute yet, he hasn't played a minute yet. I'm like, he's been playing basketball his whole life up until this point. He's playing for Syracuse University. Who cares if they hasn't played a minute in the ACC yet? Guess what? I guess he's going to play some more. <laughs> right, and here's, here's the... Uh the follow-up to that, here's why Coach Beheim. we were talking about social media, and Howard Washington is the social media, uh, the, he's the love child. Everybody loves him. And here is why uh, Bryson was chosen over Howard Washington at the end of the game. You know, he's been good in practice, athletic, more athletic, bigger. Uh, he rebounds. Turned out good at that one. Um but he's a good defender out front, and uh, Buddy did a good job at forward. We'll maybe play that group some now. Okay, and, that, and that's how it works. When you do like well, that. you know, you get yeah. a little bit more playing time. That, that's, how, that's how you earn more minutes, and it's a tough, tough position to be in, uh, but that's how you earn. All right, let's take a quick timeout, uh, and we'll get uh, Byron Mouton on the phone with us next on ESPN Radio Syracuse and Q Sports Talk on Twitch. On Twitch, Q Sports Talk, and on the radio, ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. This is Centers of Attention. Hour number two of Centers of Attention. I am Paulie along with Atan and Rosie. We're running short on time here, so let's get right to Byron Mouton. Welcome in, Byron. Hey, what's going on, man? What's going on, Byron? Hey, you know, you know, you my man. We run into each other all the time. Uh, first, I want to ask you what it was. What, what was it like playing with that special group that you played with at Maryland? You got Juan Dixon. You got you know Steve Blake. You had Chris Wilcox. Y'all had a crew. What was it like playing with that special group? You know, man. I you know everybody asks me all the time, man. It was it, it was you know opportunity just like high school couple kids that you grew up with, uh, uh, nobody have no person injuries, everybody's out there trying to win uh, and trying to have fun doing it. So it, it just reminds me as a high, high school team because we had nobody on the team bickering about anything. I need more shots. I need more play time. You know, anything. It was just a incredible situation uh, that I came into, and it was like, a brotherhood and nobody bears off fight about anything. We just compete and trying to win the match championship. You know, you also got one of my players from uh, FBCG Dynamic Disciples on your uh, high school team, uh, Kamar Gregorio. That's my guy right there. He's like a little Dennis Robin for us. Um, how's he yeah, doing over there with you? <laughs> hey, man, you know, I got five guys, man, and, uh, you know, they 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 they're pretty skilled, man. And like I said, we having the best year since I've been there. This is my fourth year, and mm-hmm. uh, he actually starting to play uh, more minutes than anybody coming off the bench now, man. Because you're absolutely right, man. The kid hustles, he relentless, and uh, he just always playing hard. You know, he, he never quits, man. Never, never quits. quits. Never, never quits, quits at never. all. 
So I want to yeah. ask you, um, I saw that your coach, uh, Roy Williams, had a reaction to Coach K. If you remember before, everybody, uh, Coach K going, going off on the fans after they was uh, kind of yeah. heckling um, Jeff Capel. And yeah. this is what he said. Yeah. He said, we played Duke 50 times. A couple were in the ACC tournament. So we played 23 games there at Cameron. This is Gary Williams talking. He said, Man, my name yep. got used. Sweat Gary said, Sweat was the nicest thing they said. Let's put it that way. So that wasn't quite mm. true what Coach K said about we don't do that here. Uh, and I was like, oh, okay, Coach Williams. What, what was your reaction to that? Yeah. Well, he absolutely right, man. Like I said, man, they, they I never in my life seen – a fan base like Dukes where everything is in sequence and, and organized. And, and <laughs> they come some with some of the most weirdest, craziest fans and and gestures I ever seen in my life. And he absolutely right. Like Coach Where's my guy, man, I got his back over and back, you know. So I totally agree with Coach Williams, man, because like it's the craziest place that I ever played for played in, in college basketball. Now let me now let me ask you this though. This is this is the question, you know, because you saw the yep. game against Duke, North Carolina. It was an interesting game, yep. great game. Now let me ask you: yep. Does Duke get favorable calls? Now, so my my thing is yes, they have historically always gotten favorable calls. You just know that going in. I want to hear Byron Mouton's uh, opinion <laughs> on this topic. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. It's spicy, nasty, man. You know, Duke. It's like, quote-unquote, the Patriots, man. You either love them or hate them, you know. Because, so, you know, the funny thing, when I came to Maryland, nobody knew I was because I was a transfer practice and people heard whispers. So the number one thing that the fans, and the crazy thing about it is, oh, man, are you going to come here and help us beat Duke? I'm like, Duke? I don't care about Duke, man. I'm trying to come here with a national championship. And then I bought into it, and then the whole thing of me, just like the whole Duke thing, man. But, yeah, they – I mean, you know, it's Coach K, man. I mean, he's he's an Olympic champion. He's a four- or five-time NCAA champion. So, of course he's going to get favorable calls. I mean, it's Duke and it's Coach K. So, so, so all right, last question. we got to wrap it up quick, though. But um, yep. I, I, I was able to play with Steve Blake and Juan Dixon with the Wizards, both great yep. guys, great teammates. Yep. And I, I, I told Steve, you know, I saw this video of you – um, fighting at, at while you was in Maryland, and you was kind of holding your own there. Like I was impressed. It was an impressive. Uh, you know, usually basketball fights are not that great. You know, honestly, yeah, but that yeah, was yeah. an impressive little fight. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. I All was right, there. If you look at that. the video. I was I, playing right. D, and then I came in there. Yeah, I was actually there, man. And so then, you know, that, what happened? Uh, Tell me what uh, happened. Well, well, John Gilchrist, man. Uh, what happened was John Gilchrist wasn't back down. And Steve Blake, I mean, people don't know, man, that dude is feisty, man. That dude mm-hmm. is a tough kid, period. And that's why he played over the, so many years in the NBA, because he's a tough kid. And uh, it just escalated. Steve Blake was going at him. John Chris was a senior in high school. And and John Chris wasn't backing down. And I think one time, Gil Chris tried to run him over. And I think Chris was too physical. And that's what it escalated, man. <laughs> he just got he didn't crazy. back down at all. <laughs> he did not he back down. I was like, this dude's going to be a big time player if you don't back down from Steve Blake. Because Steve Blake is a scrappy dude. You know what I'm saying? Right. Scrappy right. dude. 
Hey, yeah. well, I love I love everything you're doing. You know, we're we're, yeah, we're man, rivals. We go, you know, what I mean, we we meet each other a lot on this AU on the AU path with six man. Yeah. We're gonna get you this year. I'm just telling you right okay, now. We, okay, we ready for coach. you this year. Okay, all right, coach. all right, but hey, much respect to you and everything you're doing. You. All right. We will uh, try and find that fight video and get it up on social media for everybody to <laughs> check out. And we will be back tomorrow with more Centers of Attention. Atan, Rosie, and myself, as always, on Q Sports Talk on Twitch and ESPN Radio Syracuse.